Welcome to the Candid Divorce Lawyer Podcast, brought to you by Trithowans. Family law can be an emotional roller coaster, a mix of sadness, anger, hope, and worry. The Candid Divorce Lawyer explores topics from marriage to divorce and everything in between. This podcast does not constitute legal advice and is for informational purposes only. If you're looking for legal advice, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us via the details in our bio. Hi, thanks for joining us for this episode of The Candid Divorce Lawyer. I'm Grant Cameron, and today I'm joined by Helen Clarkson, both of the Trithowans family law team. Today is a bonus episode following on from Helen and Amy's previous episode on no-fault divorce. We'd recommend that you listen to that one first before listening to this sort of follow-on, because here we are on the heralding of new changes in divorce law. This has been long awaited. Family lawyers for many years have been calling from the old archaic principles of divorce law to be changed. And finally, we're nearly there, aren't we, Helen? 6th of April, we're all there, fingers crossed, and hoping that it's definitely going to be D-Day. We definitely are. And in fact, we've actually been stopped now from filing what we call old petitions under the old law. So, yeah, it's very much coming in. So very exciting. It is very exciting, as you say. And for those who don't know, it really bases on a case of Owens that goes back a few years now, where it was really identified that divorce law was very archaic. It required a party to put the blame on another party. And that was just seen as unreasonable. And in that case, it trapped a party in a loveless marriage, because they had to wait for such an extended period of time before they could go through the divorce. Um, and that really sort of ramped up the calls for change. Resolution, a national body of family law professionals, have been calling for change for well over 25 years. And finally, as I say, here we are almost on the cusp of the 6th of April when this new law will come in. We thought today it'd be really useful just to go through some of the new key provisions of the new act and how that's going to work out so that clients have got a clearer and easier understanding about how these changes are taking place. And to be honest, I think that also helps us because for the divorce lawyer, we've been so used to sort of the old format using the old style forms. This is causing a change for all of us. So exciting and challenging in the same measure. That's right, Grant. Thank you. Yeah, um, I think it is going to be a big change for us uh, as lawyers and the ones that often draft the, the divorce petitions, which will now be called the application. So let's have a quick look um, at the key changes, but without getting too far into the, the lawy bits of it. <laughs> <laughs> so firstly, as Grant's just said, the changes will ensure that there is no blame culture around divorce anymore and you physically won't be able to blame the other party even if you feel that the marriage is broken down uh, because of their actions. So all you'll need to do now on the divorce petition is to make the declaration that you feel that the marriage is irretrievably broken down and you will no longer need to try to prove this on any of the facts that we used to. So that's quite important because that that's all the court will need to agree that the, that the marriage has broken down. So it really takes the focus away from the court and therefore the state saying whether your marriage has broken down and putting it on you, you know, to say we, we think it is and, and therefore it is so or it has. So that's an important one. Another one which I don't think many people know about is that 
with the new provisions, um, both parties will actually be able to make an application together for divorce. So don't worry, you can still have solicitors to help. We'll still be on hand and we can act for one of you, even in a joint application. So there'll still be like a lead applicant and then there'll be the, the secondary applicant who just agrees hopefully with what what the um, other party has stated uh, in the application previously known as the divorce petition so now that um, we're not going to be blaming one party over the other in most circumstances because that was one of the only ways that we could do it within the two year from separation time frame the new law has also taken away the ability to defend or contest a divorce. So what the new law is saying is that if one party is saying that the marriage has irretrievably broken down and they want to be divorced, then the other party can't challenge that or on very limited circumstances. So it really brings home not only that if one party is ready and seeks a divorce that they now can, but also that there's been a lot of research around how domestic abuse can sometimes be brought into divorce proceedings and can be another way for potentially a perpetrator to continue to control their spouse. So I think this is another really important change. Don't you agree, mm. Grant? Yeah, I really do, as you yeah. say. It caused so much controversy if you've got sort of somebody looking for a divorce and the other party chooses to defend. It causes significant time delay, becomes very costly. And often families, it, it, it's a family unit. So there's going to be children embroiled in all of this. And yeah. obviously it can be a drain on resources. So by removing that ability to defend, and allowing the divorce to just become much more of a process, it should make it much more streamlined. And I think that's going to be a real key thing for so many individuals out there. Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Grant. Um, I won't bore you too much with the terminology changes, but you should at least be aware that it will no longer be called a divorce petition. It will be called an application. Mm -hmm. And what I call the first order of the court will no longer be called the decree nisi, but will be called the conditional order. And your final order will now actually be called a final order, as opposed to what was previously known as the decree absolute. So that's when you are formally divorced. Mm. We will have applicants instead of petitioners. And the petition, like I say, will be the application for divorce order. So just when you're, if you want, if you're going to try and, and, and do it yourself, then just be aware that, that that's the names of the things that you'll be looking for. And when you're searching for any um, notes or blogs or podcasts by us, that's what you'll need to be looking for. Mm. Lastly, and still most importantly, probably, is the timeframes when everybody was looking at, at divorce law change there was this big debate about how quick the process should be and there was lots of arguments for and against how quick the process should be and anyone that's listened to my previous podcast or read any of my previous blogs or or notes will see that this was one of my primary concerns when um, talking about no-fault divorce and divorce reform that it could potentially be seen to dilute the, the sanctity of marriage. However, I'm reformed in my thinking. And actually, I can see how the new law is going to be so beneficial for so many people who have made their mind up and just want to get divorced and sort out all the other 
parts, which I know Grant's going to talk quickly about in a minute. So there is going to be a minimum 20 week period between the initial application and the divorce progressing to the conditional order stage, which we previously knew as the decree NICI. So if I pass you over to Grant, I know he was going to talk a bit more about this and, and how this will work. Yes, so thank you, Helen. And you're absolutely right. The discussions took a long time to sort of alleviate concerns about the sort of eroding of the sanctity of marriage if it was all too quick. So after much debate, this 20-week period was settled on. So that sort of did sort of hopefully alleviate those concerns, as I say. But actually, importantly, this 20-week period is the ideal opportunity for reflection and also to look at other aspects, particularly we think about the arrangements for the children, and all the sort of financial situations that the parties find themselves on and, and the way they want to move forward. Now, 20 weeks at the beginning may seem a long period of time, but Helen and I will be more than familiar that if you go to court, 20 weeks is almost a drop in the ocean in the overall time frame, particularly if it's a sort of drawn out process, whether that actually be finance or children. This 20-week period gives the clients this opportunity to take legal advice to decide what might be the best option for them moving forwards, because nowadays we're sort of offering a sort of range of opportunities and options that clients can look at to sort out these issues that may arise. That can be heavily supported solicitor negotiations. Alternatively, they might look at mediation where the couple could be assisted through sort of facilitated discussion, a sort of neutral who is not biased, who won't be giving legal advice, but will really help them in their discussions and to try and identify and, and help the couple reach sort of um, conclusions that work for them and for their family. That's one form of dispute resolution. Other forms include mediation, uh, collaborative law. Now, collaborative law has been around for a long while, and certainly it's very much on the uptake. Clients want to look at options where they can focus on discussions relating to finance, relating to their children, but not necessarily through drawn out solicitor correspondence. So the collaborative process brings two clients two solicitors together, but then the parties are ben uh, get the benefit of other options such as financial advisors or uh, family consultants who can sort of add their skill set to really help the clients reach constructive and sort of creative solutions that hopefully can be dealt with quicker, but not just in terms of financial cost, but also saving on emotional costs, which is a big thing in family cases. Other forms of dispute resolution may include arbitration, which is a sort of focused way of being able to address issues, whether they be financial children, with somebody sitting in a capacity making a decision, a binding decision, and that can often be related just to narrow issues, and then hopefully sort of help the clients over any impasse that they may have reached over discussion points that they've really struggled with. So that's really just touchstone of some of the various forms of dispute resolution. And say going back to that 20 week period, these processes are very time reactive, you can set up a mediation, or you can sort of even sort of get an arbitrator involved well within that 20 week period. So really making the most of that time. And then hopefully when you're ready to apply for your final order, that you're going to have actually dealt with those issues. So everything comes together, it sort of draws together all those loose ends, deals with the uncertainty, and hopefully enables the clients to move on individually, but also bringing with them their families together so that they can sort of reach, as I say, these creative outcomes as a whole. 
Well, that's really helpful, Grant. And I think, again, this is something that you and I deal with every day and advising clients to, to go and seek alternative assistance and professional advice. But it's something that often gets missed by somebody that hasn't had the benefit of legal advice. So that's really important that you, you look at all the options. Um, so overall, there's a further six week cooling off period between the conditional order and the final order. So overall, we're looking at a six-month period between the start of the issue of the application right up until the final order is given. So we're not looking at a quick, a quickie divorce. It's not that. And it's still very important to make sure that this is what you want uh, before proceeding. So that's, that's really a, another whistle-stop tour of, of the new process. Like I say, we are still here to, to help with the divorce if, if you choose, but there will be an online portal that solicitors and lay people alike can, can both use. So that's fantastic. So really, I don't think if there's anything else, Grant, you've got to say or you're happy? No, I think. And obviously, we always encourage clients, as Helen, you've said, to look at taking legal advice. We always offer a free sort of 30 minute interview. Very happy to talk to clients about this new process, looking at the options that I've touched on. And to say, just to give clients that sort of information they need right at the outset. We appreciate there's all sorts of things going on, sort of concerns about finance, concerns about the children. And as I say, we use these interviews as an opportunity to hopefully reassure clients and give them some some initial sort of steer in the right direction, signposting them. So we'd always encourage our listeners to sort of take advantage of that if, if we can help. Absolutely. That, that's really right. Um, and that's what we're here for. So that's, um, I think that's it for today. So thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The Candid Divorce Lawyer. As ever, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do remember to leave us a review. And we hope that you will join us again for another episode of The Candid Divorce Lawyer soon. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Candid Divorce Lawyer podcast, brought to you by Trithowans. To hear more from us, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow our Instagram page, at Candid Divorce Lawyer. This podcast does not constitute legal advice and is for informational purposes only. If you're looking for legal advice, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us via the details in our bio. 